Welcome to the Dead Arm Dynasty podcast, where we try to give a refreshingly candid take on the long-term fantasy value of football players throughout college and the NFL for all you Debbie League, Campus to Canton, and Dynasty fantasy football managers. We're just three friends who spent all our time talking fantasy anyway, so we figured why not get a few mics and capture our conversations. My name's Rick, and I'm joined by my co-hosts Josh Pecoraro and Jacob Ellis, a.k.a. Jealous. Welcome back to the Dead Arm Dynasty podcast. We, we've got a fun one for you today, taking a little detour from our, our normal, uh, you know, player-centric episodes. We're going to be bringing you uh, some of our favorite in-season strategies, ways to help yourself make the playoffs, win a championship after the draft is over, uh, through strategic moves throughout the regular season. Uh, before we dive into that and uh, of our, our news segment, of course, let's check in with the fellas here. Uh, Jealous, let's start with you. How, how are you doing on this this fine afternoon? You uh, got anything fun to drink for us? Well, it's 99 degrees out in Beautiful. freaking Dallas. Took my dog for about a just over about a mile and a half, mile and a quarter long walk, and we were both dying. So figured I'd come back you- home and pour myself a nice, uh, nice, nice Tito's drink. And oh boy. rocking a uh, rocking a Moscow Mule in a glass cup. There you, you go. Don't have those no, you're not supposed to wear a parka. <laughs> not supposed to wear a parka when you're walking the dog, Joe, in Texas. No, that would not do us any good. <laughs> that'd be Josh. That'd how be about yourself? For days. <laughs> yes, sir. <it> would. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh no. I'm doing good i got to see my new niece yesterday so it was awesome hopped over to the bro's house so that was very cool to finally get to meet her and uh sipping on some bourbon from hatch distillery out of egg harbor in door county picked that up on the little getaway from a couple weekends back so sipping on that this evening um one thing i did want to talk about the reason i'm sipping on this is because i didn't have any beer in my fridge currently because i'm holding out I uh, was at the golf course over the weekend and had a nice staghorn Oktoberfest from New Glarus. So it's getting into the Oktoberfest season. And oh, I'm waiting yeah. for my favorite fall beer, the uh, Harvest Patch Shandy from Line and Kugels. They're uh, take on a pumpkin beer. So very nice. looking forward to that. Football season comes around and it's it's got to be one of my favorite seasons for beer between the Oktoberfest and some of the pumpkin beers. No, pumpkin beers aren't everybody's favorite, but yeah, I'm looking forward mine. to that. I'm not a pumpkin beer fan, but I am a big Oktoberfest uh, fan, so I'll I'll take you up on the Oktoberfest part of that, that half. Yep. I, I do love me a, a good pumpkin beer, so I am definitely excited for this uh, fall season to hit. I like my pumpkin coffee, too. Uh, there is a oh, yeah. fantastic you, you uh, SNL drinker? sketch. Uh, not sure what that Pumpkin means. Spice latte. Spice latte. Oh, hell no. Come on. I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I know basically. No, I just like uh, black pumpkin coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Just, just give me that, that hint of pumpkin coffee. Uh, yep. there, there is a great SNL sketch about, uh, pumpkin beers. Everyone should look that up. It's only like two minutes long, uh, about how a, uh, traditional Bostonian reacts to a pumpkin beer, which is, uh, kind of fun to see. Uh, Josh, you you mentioned you got to meet your new niece. Did uh, your niece have any fun stories to tell you? No, no, not yet. So okay, yeah. No Didn't stories. Didn't have any fun inside. stories from birth. No, we we played yeah. catch instead. So oh wow, nice. okay, that's that's something. Advanced newborn. Yeah. Those big ass <laughs> hands, I tell you. I think she I saw a photo. Got that uh, those hands. <laughs> got that uh, bl- black Italian hair too. I saw. Yes, yes. Looking like a true pecoraro. No I like it. Oh yeah. 
What do you uh what do you got today, Rick? Oh, I got on? me some uh some some gnarly head red wine. Uh, more leftovers from the wedding. There's going to be plenty more of that coming. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely like me some red wine a whole hell of a lot more than white wine. Nothing wrong uh, with some gnarly head, man. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's let's hop over to the news here. We've got we've got a couple int- interesting notes today. Uh, first and foremost, Cam Newton was cut, uh, which is kind of a I mean, I don't think that we necessarily saw a cut coming, but we did kind of expect Mac Jones to win that job. This confirms that Mac Jones wins that job, which has some positive ramifications on everyone on the Patriots offense, as far as I'm concerned, every pass catcher and the running backs in a big way. Uh, and obviously the loser of this scenario is Mr. Cam Newton. Uh, Jealous, you got any any uh, thoughts on this? I know you were pretty pretty hard on cam for his uh covet expectations all i'm saying is like listen to what we're saying because we definitely called that this was a very strong possibility i mean we were saying there's there's no coach other than bill belichick that would he would be the one that would be ruthless and be like dude i'm done with this cam newton bullshit if he's gonna try to lead a team and he's not willing to get the vaccine and he's still gonna violate these very they're, they're laid out pretty strong that if you're not vaccinated, you can't travel out of state during the week, like during the work week. You can't go out after games. You basically have to stay in the hotel. It's really limited for any unvaccinated player, and he chose to violate that as an unvaccinated player. He did that. I mean, he knows the rules. He did that himself. That I'm, I'm not shocked at all that he's cut. Yeah, I'm absolutely. It, it makes perfect sense, and of course... And Bill this isn't his to, first to lapse it. in judgment either. Cam has no. had, I mean, throughout his whole career, he's had just weird, kind of some weird shit going on. And, you know, I, do you think Bill Belichick loves those outfits that he would wear to the podium? <laughs> I I don't know, man. I You know, given that Bill likes to wear his tattered up, cut off hoodie, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I feel like Cam was already kind of on thin ice and him and Mac were kind of 50 50 through camp i mean you saw the you saw the the number of touches that they were getting number of snaps they were getting get closer and closer to to a 50 50 split as camp went on mac looked just about as good as cam mac's cheaper mac is you know he's gonna be there for the next five years and so no i I mean i'm not shocked yeah and i mean um, this, they, just going. just throw out there this recent uh, preseason performance out of Mac Jones really confirmed everything that he's he's what Bill wants. He's the safe, consistent, accurate just guy that he drafted. Efficient and yeah. he's gonna make you know he's not gonna be a. I'm not and this doesn't change my feelings on Mac Jones as a fantasy player. I think he's limited at least as of now, just given his lack of weapons and and what they're going to be running for Mac is going to be a pretty basic offense and it's going to be a lot of, you know, underneath stuff, just stuff to move the chains the same way that they did it with with Brady to start off his career. So, doesn't change my view on Mac in terms of fantasy too much, but I thought it was an obvious choice for them to make. Yeah, I think it was the right choice for them to make. I mean, Cam Newton got a year-long tryout for that team last year, and there's a reason why they took a quarterback in the first round this year. I mean, you've seen just a decline ever since he's had his shoulder injury that 
he just hasn't looked the same. I mean, he was great when he first came into the league, very mobile quarterback, scored a shit ton of rushing touchdowns, had a decent enough arm to get him by it when he needed to. And it's just been just a huge decline the last couple of years. And I mean, you've spent a 15th overall pick on getting Mac Jones in there. Like I touched on maybe like a month ago in one of our episodes of Bill Belichick, he's not going to be around coaching forever. He's not Sean McVay and still has 30 plus years of coaching. He, he wants to win. He's not out there just to, Oh yeah, I'm the coach of the Patriots. Let's just have fun out there guys. No, he, he wants to win. He wants to prove that Tom Brady, it wasn't just because of Tom Brady that he was winning Super Bowls and, you got to have put Mac Jones in there, see what he can do, and see if he is the future of your franchise. Throw him in from day one, see how he develops, see how he progresses throughout the season into next season, and start evaluating him. Now, speaking I, of Brady, actually, if we want to go, if we want to go full conspiracy theory, they play each other week four. Yeah, is Bill getting Mac nice and prepped, giving him three weeks to figure this out so that he can go out and? I mean, you know that Bill's going to have he's he if. If the Pats beat the Bucks, Bill's bragging rights would be much higher if he wins with Mac than if he wins with Cam. You know, this is my guy kind of a thing. I don't know. Full conspiracy theory here. Well, that would be uh that would be Bill to go for the full on revenge. <laughs> wouldn't uh wouldn't shock me one bit. No. Um But yeah, otherwise good good news for everyone who has drafted New England skill players because uh especially they're, on that they're running all, ba- those running backs yeah, yeah running backs, backs in a big huge. way yep. all of those rushing touchdowns come back because sure as hell mac jones is not going to be doing it so no uh, yeah damian harris and ramondre stevenson ramondre. are both gonna have to uh fill in for for cam on that role so uh let's let's jump over to some uh, vikings news and some really discouraging news from my perspective uh irv smith Getting surgery on his knee, supposed to be out, what, last I saw was something like five-ish weeks, at least. Did they put him on the pup? I don't believe so. No. At least not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Um, but uh, regardless, that means that backup Tyler Con- Conklin is going to get time to show what he can do, and they just traded for Chris Herndon from the Jets. Uh, Chris Herndon's always been, you know, hyped up as a, athletic talented guy and has never really had it come to fruition he's been hurt a lot so we'll see what that turns into but as someone who's been pulling for Irv for years this is the worst possible time for something like this to happen and I am uh, concerned for his long-term future being robbed of this uh, chance to break out right away this season hopefully he can just do it in five weeks and it'll be like nothing ever happened but I have my concerns now um do you guys echo those concerns? Yeah, I'm more curious too with Chris Herndon. I mean, like you had touched on, he's always been hyped up the last couple of years and maybe he just needed a change of scenery. I mean, you have all the players too that have gotten away from Adam Gaze. Granted, mm-hmm. Adam Gaze isn't there anymore, but who knows? Maybe that was something that their offense was limiting him and because he's got a fresh start now, so there's no reason for him not to be productive and do what everybody has expected him to do but uh, still somebody to just watch on the waiver wire don't need to overreact and go and try and pick him up or anything like that no just somebody definitely to keep an eye on though as the season goes on yeah yeah i I mean that's that pretty much i you know again don't go nuts with chris hernan but and and again if herb's only missing four five six weeks or whatever 
he'll be back then for, you know, when games get more, start to matter a little bit more. And then obviously ideally fully healthy for, you know, for that stretch run. Mm -hmm. From a fantasy perspective, hopefully he's your second tight end and not your first. If he's your second, you can, you can sit tight and see if one of those other waiver guys starts to break out in the first few weeks, then maybe you can change your change your mood but uh you don't have to go replacing Irv right now unless you drafted him to be your tight end one um in other news uh David Bakhtiari from the Packers uh on the pup for six weeks at least uh what's his injury do you guys remember what he's hurt with he tore his ACL on December 31st last year right before okay. the playoffs just not started. ready to go yeah yep, just not ready to go they were hoping I think that I don't think they were expecting him to be there for the start of the season, but they were hoping to avoid that pup list where he's going to have it. to be out a minimum six weeks. So it doesn't surprise okay. me though. I mean, that saves them a roster spot. That's the reason that they're doing it. You know, they have to add they get that extra person that they can put on the fifty-three man roster. To me, it's not a surprise. I mean, you don't see guys come back too often within nine months uh, to be right. fully healthy from a torn ACL. You know, if it would have happened earlier in the season, that'd be one thing. Right. But, you know, this was at the very end of the season. And shoot, that yeah. that might have been in the play. That maybe was week the last week of the regular season or else it would have been in the playoffs because it was really late in the year. And I don't know. It doesn't shock me. You know, you know, and he's aged. It's not like he's a 23 year old kid. You know, he's he's a little older than that. So it's no shock it's, to me, but still stinks can still chug a mean beer though yes he can <laughs> yes he can you can do that from the pop list uh so all, all this means is, is just that you know confirmed for at least six weeks the packers offense will not be at quite full strength that goes for rogers ability to have time and running backs to have holes to run through um so maybe a slight improvement for the packers by midseason when he comes back uh there have been some murmurs on the street of uh, Miami showing interest in trading for Deshaun Watson. I don't really have any uh, any real updates there, nor do I care that much because I think that that would be dumb for Miami, and I don't care what happens to Deshaun until I hear some sort of confirmation that he didn't actually do anything wrong because personally I take that stance that uh, character matters and I need my fantasy players to have high character so if he goes to miami sure it can upgrade some skill players around him if he's playing but i have no interest in deshaun regardless of the team that he's headed to you uh, you'd think you... that coaching staffs and and managements you know general management and owners would care about character as well right uh, it shouldn't just know, be fantasy players <laughs> like especially so this when is where i don't understand it how can how can you possibly make a move for this guy not knowing what his legal situation is to begin with, what the NFL is going to do secondarily, and 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 third, wh- why do you even like what? Why would you want to touch this guy with a ten foot pole right now? I mean, he's, right. he's a absolute, you know, just don't know what the hell's going on. So, yeah, yeah, I, what a way to destroy a locker room. Yeah, I mean, I think it's all smoke right now. I don't understand how a team can trade for him right now with what the draft capital is that the Texans are looking for. I mean, 
it's what three first round picks, multiple second round picks. I mean, you can't throw away three years of a draft for a guy that you don't even know what the legal issues are right now. I mean, I, I don't see how anybody can trade unless you're just getting a big discount right now, which the Texans aren't going to want to get doesn't a discount. Like a discount. For him. Yeah, that does not yeah. sound no. like a discount. Well, and you got to no, think that that's they're going to throw two in on, if they're going to go after a quarterback, you got to think they're going to throw two in too. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. so I don't. I think it's all bullshit. I think it's just people trying to get clicks. I think it's Deshaun's think agent that's just throwing it. rumors out there. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like that could have been happened. what happened in in Philly too. I mean, wouldn't didn't make sense when those rumors came out about in Philly either. Yeah, yeah. What a waste for Philly to give away a bunch of drafts to still not be good to enough still, to just get to the no, playoffs. No, they could ma- they could maybe win that division if they canned their head coach, but. Still hard, though. Uh, but just with how dysfunctional that whole division is. But still, I mean, their roster is so depleted that they still they would probably end up being like the Texans from last year still. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Deshaun would be going from shithole to shithole. And he living in that. a bigger shithole. <laughs> Fuck Philly. <So> you- <laughs> All right, uh, let's jump to our last piece of news. Uh, Jell, you want to touch on Mr. Quinn Ewers, who just uh made some bank as what is he 17 years old he is uh yeah so he just uh reclassified we talked we touched on this in another podcast uh an earlier episode where he reclassified as he was supposed to be going into his senior year of high school he reclassified finished school over the summer reclassified as a college freshman at ohio state and he just got mad bank one he just signed a 1.4 million dollar deal with an autograph company. Now, I didn't know autographs were worth that kind of money anymore. Uh, but apparently, maybe he's just going to be filling, maybe he's just going to be signing merchandise, you know, his entire red shirt season or something. And they're just <laughs> going to be, they're just going to be raking in the dough or something. But 1.4 million, I don't have the full terms if that's over, I would assume, at least hope, that's at least over his four years at Ohio State. Maybe, or maybe they have him through his entire NFL career as well, assuming that he makes the league. I, I don't know. I don't have the full terms, but he's getting 1.4 million bucks, and that's insane. I mean, this is what we were talking about on that previous episode is, I feel, I mean, it was, it's known that the reason that he came out early reclassified was so that he could take advantage of this NIL stuff. And I think that he knows, I think the NCAA is going to look at this and say, Holy shit! We need to reel this in. This is a this is a madhouse. This is a, this is a freaking just free for all. It's like the wild west out here, uh, the wild west. And <laughs> and uh, oh, gosh, I think that they're gonna. I think that they might start reeling this stuff in if it, if this gets you know too common and too out of hand, where you got high schoolers doing this all the time, just just to make an extra buck. I don't know. Just the way that the NCAA has been in the past. Maybe they changed, but I'd like to see that. I'd like to see it first. Yeah, I'm curious to see if this is going to start a trend or if this is kind of a one-off because of how highly touted of a prospect he is, where it's not like, oh, this is the 25th best prospect in the 2022 class that's coming in. I mean, he's number one. He's been hyped up as much as Trevor Lawrence was going into college, so it's understandable why companies are trying to get ahead of it and get him signed and get him money and stuff before he starts where if it's somebody a little bit lower down the line i don't know that they're necessarily going to get this money but it is eye-opening for the fact that 
people are in good academic standing, graduate early, they can leave and just start making money. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. This is the new world we live in, at least for now. All that I care about out of this is hopefully they can bring back NCAA football to uh, PlayStation right. and Xbox. That's all I want. Come on, EA Sports. <laughs> it's in the game. I think it's a work in progress. <laughs> It's in the game. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's let's jump over to our, our main topic of the day, uh, helping our listeners navigate the waters of the regular season, uh, implement good strategies to build awesome teams, make the playoffs, win championships, all that good stuff. Uh, I figure the way we'll, we'll kind of go through this is just rotate through the three of us and, and we'll spit out the, the ideas that we've been uh, individually coming up with and then, of course... Uh, you know, comment on on one another's thoughts and add add as we see fit. Uh, Jealous? Why don't we uh, we start with you? What what is the first regular season strategy you want to bring up as far as what you implement as a fantasy manager to help make your team better? Yeah, I mean, I I guess it you know where I like to really uh, and this isn't the first thing. This is this is going to end up being late on later on in the season. Uh, but where I really like to kind of make my team a lot better and this is this is speaking for dynasty uh specifically it's not you can't use the same strategy in just a regular keeper or in a regular redraft league but in a dynasty league once that trade deadline gets a little bit closer and you decide okay i'm gonna either be a buyer or a seller i think you have to choose one way or the other and be incredibly aggressive it doesn't make sense really to be one of those teams that finishes 500 and you know you barely you barely miss the playoffs. If you're in a 12 team league or if you're in a 10 team league and there's four teams that make the playoffs, you end up as the 5 or 6 seed, you screwed yourself. You could have either, you know, sold all your good players and just sucked it up and ended up with, you know, better players going into next season, younger guys or additional draft picks or gone the other way gone balls deep and tried to make a championship run so i think like the way that i look at it once that trade deadline comes up i think you have to be aggressive either as a buyer or a seller just depending on where you sit in the standings and your your current roster construction yeah i mean i i certainly agree with that uh, in in our several shared leagues uh it has certainly always been true that you are the most active trader at deadline time and i have been part of many of those trades uh, so yeah, I, I totally echo That's that set sentiment. Uh, Josh, what are, what are your thoughts on deadline action? Yeah, it kind of goes along with one of mine. Is mine was just know when the time is right to prepare for next year. So just like you said, Joe, I totally agree that you can't just stay complacent and think, oh well, maybe my team's gonna go and make the playoffs now. No, you're either gonna be a buyer or a seller. If you're just kind of holding tight good chance you're not going to be making the playoffs so it's just know when the time and it might not be right at the deadline you could start off really bad and just know that well my team really wasn't going to be competing this year unless I had a bunch of breakout guys where maybe you have that one veteran on the team let's, that's let's, doing let's really take, well like a, let's take Julio for example let's say I was just going to say Julio say, that was exactly what I was you're, you, say. you have a very young roster you're sitting in ninth or you know eighth or ninth place or something you've got a lot of guys that have a lot of promise but then you've got julio as a veteran or or timmy tom brady big time timmy tom like those are guys that if you 
go to, you know, go look at some of the teams that are up there in first, second, third, fourth, fifth place and say, you know, hey, give me one of your young guys that isn't really contributing on your team but can contribute for me in the future. I'll send you Julio, who's got seven touchdowns on the year or whatever, and you can throw him into your wide receiver two flex spot for, for your playoff run. And that's how you can score, you know, for that's how you build your team towards the future. Absolutely. Uh, and sort of along with that, I, this wasn't even on my list, but I just want to float this out there since it's related. Know your league mates. Know who's likely to trade, what their typical you know mindset is when they're building a roster. Some guys just really like their veterans. Some guys are all about collecting uh, unproven players because they're addicted to the potential without ever seeing the reality of it all come true. Just know your league mates so that you can you can offer up what you know that they want and what works for what you're looking for. Um, I, I think back to a trade a long time ago. I I know a league mate of ours. Uh, he he's a big fan of proven play uh, of stats that have already been put up. He doesn't really care much for potential if it's not proven. And jealous, I see you smiling. You might know, know where what, this is I know, going. I know which one you're talking about. I'd really rather not do the second half of that trade. <laughs> the first the first half. Uh, involved me trading uh, Terrence Williams, who it's okay if you don't know his name. He did not have a stellar career, but uh, in one season he started off with, I think, maybe seven touchdowns over six games or something something insane that didn't make sense. He was the second receiver on Dallas at the time, uh, and I traded him for the injured Odell Beckham Jr. as a rookie, uh, and and he, he didn't understand the hype of Odell. He didn't like that he was injured. He's the type of guy who wants the stability, he wants the consistency, and he thought that he was getting that in Terrence Williams. He did not. No, and Terrence he Williams. Me. And and to hit like on you know, Terrence Williams did have a really good first half of the year that season. Great. Yeah. Really good. But then one but then he just dropped like a, you know, broken elevator. Yeah. Like Yeah, that, that's 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 one <laughs> success story example. <laughs> <laughs> I have not heard of Elevator doing that. I'm pretty happy with that. <laughs> that's, that's not bad. Uh, that's just one success story of it, but that's that's the extreme example of know who you're trading with, know what they want, and know what you can get out of it. Um, Josh, let's let's jump it over to you. What uh, What's another one of yours that you want to bring up? Mine is don't overreact to week one, but just kind of be mindful of it. I mean, there's always a handful of guys every single year that just have just some amazing game that you're like, oh, this is the year. Two years ago, it was Sammy Watkins going nine catches, 200 yards, three touchdowns, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, he's finally back. I think the rest of the season he had maybe one or two touchdowns. Yeah, but probably. going to be guys. It is the rest that whole season in that one game. Yep. And then every year, all the analysts, I mean us, we're all just speculating on what we think is going to be happening with the season. We don't know for sure what's in that coach's mind, what they're going to do. So you just want to kind of watch, just keep an eye out for players, see kind of what their role is, and just kind of jump on it from there. But just just don't overreact to it. If your stud player has a bad game and doesn't do great, don't be like, oh, man, I need to trade him away. He's done. He's garbage. Just kind of hold tight early on in the season, but just kind of be mindful. Say, okay, he didn't have that great of a game the next week. Maybe he gets more production or maybe there was – 
something. It was a Derrick Henry where the Titans were down in the game and wasn't getting a lot of passing work. They had to pass it towards the end of the game. So just just kind of keep an eye on that. Yeah, absolutely. That uh, it, For those of you old enough to remember Kevin Ogletree, uh, Cowboys wide receiver who had two touchdowns in week one and everyone went nuts on the waiver wire and then he didn't do anything else all season long. No one had heard of him before the season started and no one cared about him after week two when he busted but everyone freaked out for one week, and it was a total waste. Yeah. Uh, so yes, that is that is a perfect, uh, perfect piece of advice for everyone. Just be aware of what's going on week one. Don't don't overdo it. I mean, I can even go back to and not this doesn't. I guess this rule doesn't just apply to week one either. I mean, I can go back to when Travis Fulgham started getting. You know, he started putting up some decent numbers for probably for probably two straight weeks or so last year. And I was the idiot that left him in my lineup for the next like six. And eventually I was like, this is the worst. I'm to- I'm just, I just have to drop him. Cause he's, you know, he's a, been a practice squad guy his entire career. He was cut by the Packers and their practice squad. And you know how abysmal that the back half of that uh, <laughs> wide receiver room in green Bay has been in the past. So, you know, just, that that same rule can apply all over, you know, all season long. Whether it's a guy gets really hot for two weeks, don't think that he's gonna do it for the rest of the season if he's never done it before, or vice versa. If a guy comes out and you know Saquon week one has forty total yards, and you know it's a, be realistic. It's his first. It's gonna be his first action back from off that ACL. And so don't don't overreact too much to that and start thinking, hey, I need to throw him on the bench. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I want to jump in with one here. And for me, this is kind of a an overarching theme for a lot of the different smaller things that I like to do throughout the regular season. And, and I, I like to I, I came up with this name today. Uh, rotisserie roster spots. Uh, to me, this is at the very end so of my roto bench. fantasy, just like right, well, baseball. I, <laughs> I mean, I, in this case, I'm thinking like, and it all depends on the on the depth of your bench, how, how much established talent you have, how many roster spots you have total. But I like to keep roughly two roster spots where I am shuffling new guys in and out off of waivers as things happen throughout the season in those two roster spots. Like I have my established bench players that I'm going to use all season and I'm going to hold on to them because their potential is just too high or they have a real role or something like that. And then I keep a couple roster spots of guys that I am just preying on their potential. And if they go several weeks without doing much, then I am going to drop them for someone else who has up and coming potential. And I'm going to store them for a couple weeks and hope that it starts to come to fruition. And by doing this all season long, eventually you start to hit on guys and you can keep them in your actual roster. And then at that point, say you have one of those established veterans who has a role that's not huge. You don't need him. He's just kind of your safety guy. Then maybe he falls into your rotisserie roster spot. It's just this constant cycle of find the potential that's sitting out there that's going unnoticed, hold on to it, and see if it turns into something real. Once it does, that's an established part of your team for the rest of the season or as long as they continue to prove it. That way you're not going into the season with an entire bench full of guys that have a role and you have to hold on to all of them forever because they're all just scoring barely enough points to be good enough to not be on waivers. That's not going to win you a championship. You have to find value throughout the season to win the championship. You can't just rely on what you got at the draft. 
Um, so for me, that that is something I do in every league and always pays off. like that. Yeah, no, I mean, that's... Uh, I've definitely ran into that trap where what you just described and of, you know, getting guys that are just good enough and being like, ah, crap, I can't drop him because I don't know if this guy that I'm going to pick up is going to be good enough. He's not, you know, he may not excel over the guy that I dropped, but you are you are right in saying that you kind of, I mean, risk it for the biscuit, man. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta you're, do you're, that not gonna sometimes. you're not going to win your championship. You're not going to win every yeah. single time. I mean, you're not no. going to win every, every move that you make. Every move you make. You're not going to win every move you make. So... <laughs> Just be just. I mean, you can just have to know that uh, going into it. Yeah, but it makes it's but literally it, it a makes numbers sense game. for if you're if you're going for a championship, which that's what we should all be striving to do. Yeah, as you're keeping your your ears open, your eyes open for potential that's out there, value that's unnoticed. Just hold on to it. Go go get it and hold on to it and just see what happens. And all these tips we're throwing at you today come from all of us have made these mistakes in years past and we learned from them. We've all been playing fantasy football for double digit years and you just pick stuff up as you go along and you learn from it and you remember not to do that again. And yeah. Shoot, I think I've yeah. been playing fantasy. I think I when I started playing fantasy, it was still dial up internet at my parents' place. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, had to had to wait for your scores until the next day. The worst. I Oh yeah, no live scoring. No, that was no. the worst. <laughs> How revolutionary that was when that came out. <laughs> yeah, uh, Joe, let's uh, let's pop it over to you for another one here. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I I just want to touch on like what I look for when I'm monitoring the waiver wire, and you know when the right time is to make these moves. Now, this is this only works if you are super in tune with the injury reports and, you know, just general reports on, uh, you know, hey, this wide receiver over the last couple of weeks during practice has been really showing out. Looks like he's probably going to get some more game time action. They And and their number two receiver has been struggling. You know, if you, if you kind of follow those types of things, it, and it's something you're going to have to, A, follow, a, you know, keep a lot of guys on, you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, I know Yahoo does this. I know ESPN does this. They have a watch list feature where you could click on a bunch of guys that you want to keep tabs on, and they'll update you. They'll send notifications to your phone on all of these guys. So if you see a guy, you know, a report that says, hey, last two weeks in practice, he's been awesome. Wide receiver two has been struggling. You know, he's got a nagging ankle injury or a nagging hamstring or something like that. That's when that's when some of these bench roll guy or some of these, you know, third string receivers, second string running backs, that's when they can start getting more action. And that's, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be somebody that you are going to need to plug into your starting lineup right away, but that can make them extremely valuable in terms of the waiver wire and it it's something, you know, not a lot of there's not a lot of players in most leagues that pay attention to a shitload of guys and on a lot of reports. If you do that, you're going to have a leg up on, you know, no questions. So I really think it's useful to use that watch list feature and make sure you're getting those. You can make sure you're getting all the news that has to do with the guys that are on your radar. 
and they can eventually become guys that you can hopefully pluck off the uh, off the waiver uh, off the waiver wire before somebody else does. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more there. Um, one thing that I personally do, and I, everyone's going to have their own system for this, but the moment that I either see something that catches my eye, like in a game, or I just hear one scratch of news on a player that I had otherwise not been monitoring or paying attention to, uh, if I'm genuinely interested, then what I'm going to start doing is just, you know, maybe maybe four days a week, I Google that player's name and hit the news tab and just see what the, the beat writers are saying, whether that's about practice reports, preseason training camp, stuff like that. Um, middle of the season saying that this guy's rising up the depth chart, even though you don't really see it on Sundays because he's not he's not one of the top two. You don't notice it. Uh, you, you start to get hints of it, and it you can sometimes find uh, information that's maybe a, a little less solid but also a little faster than what the, the different platforms like Yahoo and ESPN will do. You'll find the same reports that you get on Yahoo and ESPN, but you'll get extra ones that are a little more under the radar, and sometimes that means you're getting um, earlier news or, or um, bits of information before anyone else is going to find it because Yahoo's not going to tell them about it. Uh, so, that, for example, all preseason uh, and dating back a little bit into last season, I, I had regularly Googled the name Marquez Callaway, just waiting to see what the news would say. And as I continued doing that, it just kept getting better to the point that I just said, all right, I'll pick him up and I'll wait and see. And then they just kept getting better after that. So um, it, there's players all the time that you can find that will become breakouts or have some value to your team, even if it's short-term, by just just keeping your eyes out and then using those uh, those rotisserie roster spots. Throw them on there. there. You go. See what happens. Yeah. Full circle. <laughs> Josh, you got any thoughts there? No, I, I agree completely. Right. Well, then hit me with a new one. All right, mine kind of goes into my first one with the not overreacting to week one, but this one is a reacting to week one and get after the waiver wire early in the season. Every single year, there's at least one guy that becomes very fantasy relevant either before the season starts or right after week one. Last year, look at James Robinson for an example. He Jacksonville was a team that everybody was really down on with their offense. They were saying nobody was really doing anything. Leonard Fournette gets traded away, and it was James Robinson, Reichwell Armstead, um, Chris Thompson. It was everybody was kind of wondering what was going on with that, and everybody's like, well, it's probably Reichwell, but then he got COVID, and then it was just kind of a crapshoot. But those that picked up James Robinson, either later in the draft, depending on when you were drafting, or picked him up off of the free agents, you had a running back one for your entire season. He won a lot of people leagues last year. My favorite example of this was, man, I bet you it's been probably seven or eight years now, was uh, Mr. Alfred Morris from the Washington Redskins oh, yeah. with his 1,600-yard season. Long ago. Yeah. But it's, there's usually at least one of those guys every year, whether it's a running back, wide receiver. I mean, it could be Marquez Callaway this year, for example. But there's always somebody out there early in the season that nobody's really high on that's flying under the radar that you can get either in the back half of your draft or off the waiver wire that could end up being a plug in your lineup and win you your league. Yeah, I, I remember uh, one of those as well. Maybe a little high, high profile initially, but but then very, very successful after that was Alvin Kamara uh, yep. in his rookie season, I believe, was when we either did our dynasty. I think we did a dynasty startup draft that year. Yeah. 
Um, and Jared drafted him. Uh, yes, yes. Jared, Shout out Jared to Jared Bear in in the uh, I believe the fourteenth round. And I I had been you know regularly googling Alvin Kamara in the weeks leading up and seeing the hype train build, but I thought he was under the radar enough that I was going to be able to wait till the end and snag him. When I saw that I couldn't, uh, and and Jared stole him from me, then I traded with Jared immediately after the draft with a player that I had taken three rounds earlier because I had to have Kamara and. Within four weeks, uh, what was it? Peterson was traded or something, and uh, Mark Ingram was suddenly splitting time half and half with Kamara, yep. and it was uh, jealous. You're you're squinting. Am I right? Was yeah, Peterson traded to the Cardinals that year? I forgot that AP was on the Saints. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, Peterson was traded to the Cardinals, if I remember right. Uh, and then Sounds yeah, Kamara right. immediately jumped into a role and had a bunch of touchdowns and showed how awesome he was right away. So, yeah, it, you know, it, that's just another example of, of keep your eyes open for those guys that are under the radar during the drafts that are going to be just huge after. Um, all you have to do is just either spend a late pick or make a pickup before the season starts, and you might have huge I mean, think about that. That was a fourth re- 14th rounder that Jared took him in, and that turned out and he turned into, you know, one of the best fantasy players of the last few years. That's insane. So... Yeah, yeah. It, you, you just never know where you're going to find him. James Robinson, undrafted. Of course, back. Urban does him no favors. You know, thinking no. that he did him no favors. Now he's going to be able to have a chance at at least hanging on to a starting running back spot for the year uh, in yeah. fantasy, and obviously Hopefully. will be the running the starter in in Jacksonville. But yeah, well, and hopefully this year gives him a chance to sign somewhere else after this contract is over by further establishing that he was not a fluke. Um, he was not a Steve Slayton. Uh, wow. <laughs> throwback. Yeah, I love that, um, though. <laughs> that was sweet. That's nice. Uh, uh, I, I want to bring up another one here, and I'll try to keep this brief, but it's never a problem to look ahead further than one week, uh, whether that is maybe you see that your team is pretty strong, you've got a great record after six weeks, it's okay to peek at your playoff matchups and see where you're struggling and where you're not. See if there's maybe moves you can make or uh, potential future trade deadline trades to help your playoff chances. And it's also okay to look ahead, uh, you know, during week five and say, oh, week seven, George Kittle's on a bye. I'm going to need a replacement tight end. It's okay to go get the guy that week because odds are it. It could be that the player you want is going to be a hot commodity a week later when three other good tight ends are on by at the same time. So it's just okay to go a little in advance of everyone else, a little more than one week in advance to either replace your your bye week guys or look ahead to the playoffs. I think that's incredibly important for anybody that owns or that is in a league with defense special teams, especially for the playoffs and or that and you know that stretch run. That's if you could have you could have you know one of the top defenses in the league but if they're stuck playing you know every you know the every good offense in the league then it doesn't matter you know they're still going to put up right. points that's how you know if they're playing the chiefs and you know cardinals whoever whoever you know chargers all these you know high end the packers all these high end offenses in their last four or five weeks then doesn't matter how good that defense is. Yeah. They're going to be. Notice how you up. didn't say Josh Allen's Bills. <laughs> <laughs> they still need to run Jumped a game. Jumped right to the Cardinals and Kyler right away. Burr. 
<laughs> I just think it's old Cliff Kingsbury's an idiot, but that yeah. doesn't mean they're no. going to be winning games again. You know? Yeah. No. No, I I think that was you just hit two of the tips that I wanted to give people is get ahead of your bye week waiver wire and plan ahead for the playoffs, whether that's handcuff, like you said, Gel. It's okay towards the end of the season if you know you're going to make the playoffs. Cut one of those fringe guys that you're holding on to hope for. Dude, you could cut. You could cut are, two of those guys, gonna... two, three of those guys, and yeah. pick up a shitload of defenses. A that gives you yeah, a, it's that okay gives you to the roster. option to pick week to week which guy you want, which you know teams you want to play. And as a competitive advantage, it hurts every other playoff team if they were thinking, "Oh man, I need to pick up a defense." If you're like, "I'm not going to play these three players for the last for the last three weeks of the regular season." Drop them, pick up, pick up extra defenses, or you know something like that. I, I you got to make moves. I don't know. I just go back to being yeah. aggressive, and and yeah. if it come, if you're you know you could play nice and let you know. Okay, I see four of these teams that are gonna make the playoffs, and there's four good defenses out there, and I'll let each one have one of these defenses. You could play it that way, but don't. But man, I don't play. I don't play nice. I go out there and I pick up all I pick up every good defense out there if I know I'm not going to play any of the guys on my bench. At the end of the day, it's about if you want W's, you got to get them, you got to earn yeah. them. Yep. Yeah, and like you touched on, Eric, don't wait around to grab those defenses because odds are, if you wait a week, somebody else is thinking the same thing you are, but they just didn't want to pull the trigger. Pull early the fucking enough, trigger, so boys. <laughs> yeah, that was aggressive. Either they haven't, <laughs> like I said, <laughs> either they haven't looked ahead to see the good schedule, or they're thinking, "Ah, oh, I'll just do it next week," you know, because I don't want to waste the roster spot this week. It's okay if you've got those those roster spots in motion where no one's ever solidified as the permanent guy there. Then, then you you have the freedom to do that and look ahead and store someone that you don't need in the week ahead, and you can use them a week after that. Um, yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, and especially, too, with the handcuffs to your, like, running back position. If you've got Christian McCaffrey and Chuba Hubbard sitting out there, scoop him up just in case. I mean, you saw how productive Mike Davis was last year, and if CMC goes down, he's a huge staple in your lineup. You want to have his next guy up for the playoffs, so it's you just got to prepare for that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jell, you got another one for us? Yeah, the last one that I just wanted to bring up is – seriously keep an eye on vaccination you know on players vaccin- vaccination status i don't know how public that is but it seems to be amongst quarterbacks pretty public uh you know carson wentz his apparently the apparently indy's not very happy with him being unvaccinated kirk cousins mike zimmer's already come out and said how he's n- really unhappy and really annoyed with with cousins not getting his shot cam got cut largely because he didn't get vaccinated so seriously keep an eye on these players on their vaccination status it's going to be a lot easier for unvaccinated players to miss games because they get tested a they get tested every day vaccinated players get tested once a week and b there's just you know if if unvaccinated players are in close contact with somebody that tests positive they have to quarantine for five days no matter what doesn't matter if they are asymptomatic doesn't matter if they test positive they have to quarantine for at least five days no matter what or maybe it's 10 i don't know it's a but vaccinated players do not 
they don't have to they don't yeah. they're not going to miss any time unless they test positive so really yeah. really take that in, into consideration uh very recently and this isn't fantasy relevant this is uh my madden cheat code isaiah mckenzie uh was fined close to fifteen thousand dollars for breaking a COVID protocol and two days later shows up at the at the um facilities with his vaccine card from his first shot because he was he was just like all right it's it's not worth (laughs) getting paid having to pay thousands of dollars to not do this uh so maybe that's all it'll take for some of these other guys i kind of doubt it based on their personalities but uh yeah we will see that is a great great uh point to call out um josh you got you got a, a last one for us here um yeah i've got one that um more so for redraft purposes what if it's Towards the end of the season, yes, but early on in the season, if your kicker goes down or your defense just isn't cutting it, don't blow your waiver priority or a lot of fab on that position. It's one that you can stream weekly early on in the season. Yeah, you want to stock up for the ones later on, but don't do that. And then my last tip that I have is important for everybody out there. You got the extra week in the season this year. Anything can happen once you get to the playoffs. You start off 0-6, you still have a shot to make the playoffs. Don't give up hope right away. Still be active on that. And each week, pretend like you have to win that week. If it's you're like don't like your matchup with your tight end, then maybe you go and see if there's somebody off the waiver wire that you can pick up. That one week, if you won, that could be the difference to you making the playoffs or not making the playoffs at the end of the season. So many years leagues come down to that final week where there's three teams fighting for that one position for the last playoff spot and every week matters it's a good call out that's a great call out josh yep absolutely um i i have one last one i want to throw out there too and this is uh this is platform specific i know that some don't allow this and some do if you're on a platform that allows you to drop a player who has already played Take advantage of it every single week that goes by if you use that kind of rotisserie roster spot system so that if you have a player who, let's say you you had high hopes for, they played on Thursday, they didn't do anything, you're ready to drop them and you don't feel like waiting until waiver day, drop them on Thursday, pick up a player for Sunday. Your guy on Sunday plays, he doesn't break out like maybe you'd hoped he did. Drop him on Sunday night, pick up a Monday night player, do the same thing, it's a numbers game. You're going to hit eventually. If you just keep keep plugging away at it, eventually it will pay off, whether that's through someone in front of them getting hurt or someone just having a uh, breakout performance. It, it, it will work eventually. I am physically yeah, like- irritated that that is allowable ever anywhere on any platform. That feel That is the worst. It's but if great they're... when you're the one doing it. Oh, yeah. But I can kind of see, too, though, because if there's just sitting on your bench, they technically weren't in your lineup at all. So right, you right. should have, they have the to option be on your to bench. do that. Out of curiosity, Eric, for our listeners, do you know what platform that is off the top of your head? Yahoo lets you do that, correct? And yes, doesn't. Yahoo is the one that I have repeatedly, re- repeatedly done that on year after year. Uh, I, I didn't know will that. will often drop... I, I often yep. drop my Thursday night players after they have not performed so that I can pick up someone else who's going to play on the weekend. Some weeks I've done the Thursday, Sunday, Monday trio, hoping to just find one breakout or one injury, something out of it. 
<laughs> it, I've been on Yahoo for like a decade, it. and I didn't know that. <laughs> Damn it! If uh, if that's Yahoo why we're doing this show this, for you, Jerry. No, thanks yeah, for you. This is for you to this learn. Nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. If if Yahoo continues to allow this, if your platform allows this, take advantage of it. You don't have to sit on your shitty bench player who played on Thursday and didn't do anything. Let him go. See if someone else will do something. Um, yeah, any uh, any last uh, tips we want to throw out there before we wrap this up? That's pretty much what I got, uh, at least yeah. you know at the moment. I mean, obviously, when we get into the season, we're gonna have week to week, you know, hey, these right. are moves that need to be made, or this, you know, that kind of stuff. But uh, yep. I mean, or pre- you can for- let go of this guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we'll get into that once we get into the season, of course, um, on a week to week basis. But that's all I guess I've got, you know, in terms of. You know, right now, for in season, yeah. in season moves, in season strategies. Yeah, no, that uh, that'll do it for me too, Josh. You uh, you all sat there. Yeah. Any last thoughts? Nope. All right. Pretty much touched on all mine. So. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And as Jell said, as the season goes on, we will keep uh, throwing out tips as we encounter stuff ourselves, as we you know go day by day, waiver by waiver, to tell you what uh, what makes sense to us what we're doing in our leagues to try and make ourselves better uh hopefully the same will carry over to you but uh otherwise you guys uh got some shout outs you want to throw out there i know aim uh myspace all that all that good still stuff. working on ask jeeves i've been on the phone with mr jeeves himself <laughs> trying to get us on there and I feel like man. i feel like mr jeeves is probably dead he looked pretty old back uh you know, 15 years ago when he was... You shut your mouth the, when you're talking about Mr. Jeeves. <laughs> at the at the very least, I don't think he knows a lot about search engine optimization. And, uh, <laughs> that's, t- why we're, that's why Ben Arm world. isn't up yeah. there yet. <laughs> yeah, we're working on it. It's in the works. So, what is a good website, though, is Anchor. Anchor is a phenomenal website. Uh, presenting sponsor, it's where we do, you know, all of our recordings, all of our editing. Uh, you know, they've got... They they've got a if you listen to our last episode, uh, they had the the delightful <laughs> Southeast Asian music in the beginning and the end <laughs> slash Native American, however you want to interpret that. Uh, so they have, you know it's it's a great editing tool and allows us to put in you know some of the repeat shout outs you know the some of the sound bites that we've had in, of, the, in previous episodes of farm animals <laughs> our farm animals the the mm-hmm. bell cow. <laughs> Uh, for example, um, so yeah. bongos, <laughs> the bongos. <laughs> so, uh, no overall great tool. So if you're into podcasting, uh, definitely give them a shot. They are, they're phenomenal. Best thing that we've found, uh, throughout dead arm sports. Make sure you let everybody know that, you know, in the entire world, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Google Pods. Find some of our stuff out there on YouTube. Hit us up on IG, on Twitter, at Dead Arm Sports. Use that hashtag DAS when you tweeted us or if, you, if you're tagging us in uh, on Instagram. Make sure you hit up those DMs. We'll get back to y'all. Yes, sir. We, uh, we will definitely uh, get, some, get some mailbag segments coming up, uh, both as we ramp up into the season and then of course throughout the season as we get to week to week decisions to be made trades trade ideas floated out there we'll be happy to uh, break it down on here also um 
you guys don't even know about it yet, but we're going to be having a uh, promotion once the season starts. Uh-oh. So everybody get excited Uh-oh. and get ready. I'll I'll be bringing that to you once we get into the season. So get excited though. Does it have to do with okay. any does it have anything to do with our warm beer chugs? No. <laughs> I was I was hoping it wasn't going to be hams. <laughs> not hashtag not a sponsor. Uh, <laughs> but not could yet be. a sponsor. <laughs> yeah. All right, well that'll uh wrap it up for us today, but thanks a lot for joining us and we will catch you on the next one. Go Bucky. Dipping out like dipping dots. Thank you.